Hi, and welcome to the 27th podcast of Keen Minds, where we're covering the fifth episode of um, The Blacklist Redemption. I'm Jen, a.k.a. Takata Cycle. And I am Tessa of Criminally Sane. And uh, let's just dive right in. And so, Love you... Borealis 301. How, I was going to say, how did you like it? I loved it. I absolutely, you know, I'm not going to say that I like it better than the Russia one because that was pretty good. And Davenport was really good. But this was good in a very different sense, especially because if I felt like it was Solomon's episode. We finally got something on Solomon's background, and so mm-hmm. I, I was so excited for that because I, I've been waiting for like a year just for something on his background, probably over a year now, and finally we got something meaty on his background, and I'm like, yes, thank you. <gasps> yeah. Are you happy with with a kind of background? It's like a like yeah. wrestler that when they give you the background, you're like, oh, yeah, I know. Oh, I know. I, I thought it fit perfectly. Do we want to just start with Solomon? Let's start with Solomon. It was really Solomon's episode. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, that backstory was just, I mean, I, you know, I've said it before that when when they advertised, you know, when, when they started talking about this character, Matthias Solomon, they were bringing on the blacklist. And they cast Eddie Gathegi for it. And they gave a character description. I said, I have a lot of high hopes for this character. And the way they described it. And when he actually appeared in season three, I tweeted Eddie, and I was like, listen, I had high hopes for, for Matthias Solomon, and you've surpassed them greatly. And I feel like every step of the way, the expectations I set for his character keep getting surpassed. And this was just another example of that, that I've been waiting on pins and needles for his backstory. For just, I mean, and this is just a piece of it. There's so much mm-hmm. more there. And we finally get the first sliver of this backstory. Of something from his childhood, his first kill, which is huge, and why? I mean, that that was the beginning of Mister Solomon. I mean, the mm-hmm. fact that he took his destiny into his own hands, you know, his family's destiny, and made sure that they were never going to be scared again if he could help it at thirteen years old. I mean, that's... yeah, a scare, hungry or cold. Yeah. And I just, I loved that. And so it it sounds like his mother was, you know, had a huge heart and was a kind person and did everything she could, but just couldn't. Wasn't I mean, enough. Yeah. And so he did what he had to. And that formed up the man that we see today, one step after another. And so mm-hmm. I, I really liked that. And... I, I like the fact that, yes, it's a it's a cold move, but it was, and I, I hate to call it desperate because it was desperate, but I, I think knowing the character of Matthias Solomon, that it was probably a very calculated move, even at 13, you know? Mm-hmm. He, he, he did what he had to do. And I found it interesting because we have seen so far that basically all of the characters of the blacklist, probably with the exception of Aram, and for what we have seen, um, even in Redemption, they've all have had stories in their life that shape them at about that critical age. I mean, 
Liz was a little younger. Um, Tom was throughout his childhood. Um, we got Samara at 14 with her parents killed, basically almost in front of her, taking care of her little brother. We get wrestler with his father. Um, we have, um, we get definitely um, um, Red with, you know, the things that happened to his family. So all these all these people have been shaped by this tremendous um, trauma trauma in their life, especially the ones, you know, the children that oh, the, the world almost breaks are the ones who grow to save it. So yeah. it's interesting that every single one of, of these characters in this generation have had a tremendous amount of um, of trauma in their life as, as children and have, to, have had to grow up very, very fast. Yeah. And I'm it, interested when we get that from Ness as well. And, and when we already got some demand with the situation with the brothers. But yeah, it's Solomon definitely fits the bill on the traumatic childhood <laughs> shaping who he mm-hmm. has become. And so I would love to know, because he never specified how many brothers and sisters he had. I'd love to know if he's, any of his family still alive, where they are, what they think Did of him. Do you remember that girl? Uh, I'm not sure if, you know, call her girl or a young woman that we saw that he said bring the car around when 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 he's going to go fillet Lee's. I think, you know, it looked a little like him, and I thought, I wonder if he's a child, but can't be a child, he's too young, but I wonder if he was a sister. I don't remember when you're talking about. Um, You remember in uh, Ariel Kane when Mr. Vargas calls him and tells him about the plane instead of calling Edward? And he says, oh, well, I always like that name, Edward. And then he turns around to this uh, young woman and says, bring the car around. And the woman looked like him. You and know, I, wonder I, think, if they, I vaguely if... remember you saying that at the time. I'll have to go back and look. So I wonder if that is, you know, one one sibling that he has working with Maybe. with him. I mean, Cause, it... I mean they, they seem to have made an effort to cast a person that looked like him. Yeah, I mean, you never know. That might be the case. I mean, and I, I would be interested to know if Solomon's another fake death. If somewhere along the way he just ceased, ceased to exist and that he cut mm-hmm. ties with his family because, you know. That I, is not even his real name? Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I could see it not being his name and that he, he you know, faked his own death and still sends money home. I could see him being one of those. You know, mm-hmm. the, the kind of like um, Vanessa Cruz, the, the anonymous mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anon- anonymous money going home. Or he may be the kind that goes home to his mom every every Christmas or, or you know. And Could you imagine visit, Solomon? This is mommy on Sundays. I mean, for all we know. Oh, my gosh. That would be hilarious. I it, Hey, it's possible. <laughs> I've got that mental image now. That's fantastic. <laughs> you know, That's going to keep me for a while. <laughs> yeah, it's... It, we don't... We, I mean, we really don't know, and I think that... Um, he is definitely a brave man. I mean, that is brave. He didn't have to go after these guys. He could have just said, "Okay, let me see if I can." Uh, he could have just taken the 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 vest and jump himself and save himself. Uh, he could have done a lot of things, and he chose to complete the mission. Yeah, he's he's definitely dedicated, and I think part of that's the loyalty to Scotty, but he's also very very 
on top of things. I mean, he's being sucked Quite out. Quite literally the- this time. Yeah. He's being <laughs> sucked out the door, and he's busy taking care of the situation and getting connected to the guy who's unconscious, you know, mm-hmm. and making sure that he's like, I know I'm going out this door. I'm going to make sure I survive. And so <laughs> I love Tom's comment later. You just can't die, can you? <laughs> I love that we never saw the, the scene that, but it was one guy in his underwear and, and another guy in a tree, but I guess that, that didn't make it. I was so sad. <laughs> I was looking forward to that. Oh. But it, it was, it, I thought it was very interesting how in that situation where he could have just say, okay, well, I'm going to go and try to land this plane, establish contact or whatever. He chose to complete the mission. Right. Because he could have just bailed out with the, with the guy, with the, um, the uh, parachute. He, he attached himself to the guy, parachute, and then proceeded to tell him that they have no communication to get the mission accomplished. And I, that is definitely saw him onto a T. Oh, yeah. Yep. And so, and I loved I the roomie while we were watching it during the whole, uh, when they're talking about the... Um, the, the aircraft, the uh, safety, safety bit mm-hmm. on the aircraft. And he oh. goes, you know, I'll do the belt, but I'm not, I'm not doing the best. Not doing that. And then Tom turns around and switches the. <laughs> oh, and the, the look on. he gave him. I love those looks he gives because it's so expressive. He just, he stops and you can see it as Tom's talking behind him. You see the recognition in his face when he just kind of stops, blinks, turns around and is like you <laughs> this will come yeah. back to bite you buddy <laughs> mm-hmm. and when i was watching it the the roomie looks and she starts laughing she goes they're just doing fan service now they just know we love these scenes and they just keep doing it <laughs> i said yeah <laughs> hey if it works they're perfect they're they're absolutely perfect and 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 eddie and ryan work amazingly well together oh they have such great on-screen chemistry for that it's fantastic and so i think yeah. ryan honestly works well with like with anyone but with. <laughs> but solomon has also has you know great great scenes with basically everyone mm-hmm. i mean the, that scene with red when they're talking about the flowers and he's just going on with them is like perfect oh yeah. yeah yeah eddie is a fantastic actor absolutely fantastic and gorgeous oh yeah that's you know we couldn't go a podcast without talking about how pretty eddie is <laughs> Yeah. For, for those that have not listened, I think both Tessa and I have a little bit of a crush. I know I do. <laughs> I, I'm not one. I mean, I won't put pictures in the thing or not, but you know, I uh, well, I appreciate beauty when I see it. I, you know, and Eddie hmm. Um. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> so the the it's a it's a, a a very interesting point they chose to give us a background on Eddie because it's that cold thing. You mean on Solomon? <laughs> oh, Solomon, yeah. yeah on, I, I loved the comment about the <laughs> him saying that means I don't like the cold. <laughs> I love the I love that the way because it's something that we have seen Red do in a very different way. That you know he gets close to the guy, he put all the his clothes and he put all the guy's clothes on, and he's like, um, well, I you know I I hate cold. And then he's like, oh, I lied. The the <laughs> we have communications. Yep. <laughs> It just he does what he needs to do, and he's it kind of reminded me of Mira from early season one with the uh, with the broken leg. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that the 
um, oh, that was the second episode, and I think uh, where where the guy where Liz ran the guy over with the car and mm-hmm. broke his leg. And wrestlers like this woman is CIA. I hope you know what that means. <laughs> and she's yeah, she there comes and says, "My friend here is with the FBI. I'm CIA. Oh, I hope you know yeah. the difference." Yeah. yeah, I guess wrestler wouldn't have been saying that at that point, but yeah. Um, but wrestler <laughs> probably would have been horrified of the whole thing. Yeah, uh, it's a long way for wrestler since uh, then. <laughs> yeah, now he's good with it. Um, well, maybe not good with it, but yeah, now. Oh yes, he was. He was doing pretty good with it. Yeah, I mean, he, he was willing to throw the guy in front of the oncoming car season four. Yeah, it's like, uh. I've seen people talk about how he didn't do that, and I'm like, he really did. I watched he it did. on my TV screen, <laughs> you know. He did. Um, he did. But no, but it reminded me of Mira with, with the, the broken leg when Solomon was busy <laughs> busy pushing on the broken leg there. Yeah. And so hey, yeah. get, get it done. Get, get the it done. They need it. Yeah. So it's it's an impressive dedication that he has, and it's funny because whenever you see this these characters and you're ready to dismiss them as being a hundred percent bad, then they turn around and show you another side of the character where you realize, well, maybe there was a judgment passed too early and without having uh, all the information. And that's why I made the statement before Redemption started airing. I said, I will not say whether I want a redemption arc for Solomon or not, because I don't know what redemption arc they're going to give us. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if the guy poisoned a baby, which I know that you said he hasn't, but we haven't gotten one way or the other if he actually did poison Dembe's mm-hmm. grandchild or not. So, you know, it's kind of like there are very few things that I feel like someone can't come back from. That's, you know, child. Trying to kill a child is one of them. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean that's now. But Tess, it, Tess even made the then, good... I wasn't. Yeah, I mean you've made the point that there's a good chance that he just said he did and never actually did. Which, from what we've seen of Solomon since then, that's right up his alley. You know, he why do the effort if you don't have to? You just tell someone and expect them to go along with it. Kind of like the saying that the um, the radio was dead when it wasn't. You know. Say what mm-hmm. you need to to get the job done. Yeah, and, and if you're gonna if you're gonna lie, lie convincingly. Yeah. Um. You want to talk about Ness now? Yeah, I she, loved. She had very little to do on this episode. She did, but I loved when she. The the hug with Solomon, where she just like tackle hugged him and was like, "You jumped out of a plane, really." <laughs> And so I think it says a lot for for Nez and Solomon's history that they have and their chemistry. I mean, I, I've commented on Tumblr that I ship them a little. I could see something going on there. I, I feel less like that further into the, like, I mean, not that I ship them any less, but, like, I feel like it may be canon a little less the further into it we go. I haven't seen mm-hmm. any other signs that say, yeah, these two are sleeping together. But they could be. I mean, I it's... I could see that within their characters. Um, but I, I do like the friendship that they have, the the mm-hmm. camaraderie that they have between each other. You know, I've made the comment before that um, I think that was, was it the pilot episode in? Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, when, <laughs> when Solomon and Tom 
are dragging the girlfriend, the the Russian girlfriend, into the back of the van, she looks around like, "You better have Solomon back there with you this time." Oh yes, I, I yeah, I, like I, 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 I fell for that one once. I'm not doing it again. I love, yeah. I love their relationship with that. They're they're goofy together. They they seem to really be fond of each other and work mm. well together. And I like that because because Solomon is such an imposing figure. It's it's nice to see that he's kind of got a soft spot for Nez. And I feel like that, you know, if she were ever in trouble, he'd be there in an instant. Which would be which will be interesting next week when Nez yes. has to make a choice. It'll be interesting to see how Solomon reacts to Nez in that situation where essentially if everything pans out the way that it looks like it's going to Essentially, you're going to have Scotty and Solomon on one side, Nez and Howard on the other side, and poor Tom going, what the hell do I believe, in the middle. And it'll be interesting to see how Solomon and Nez pan out, at least temporarily yeah. being on opposite sides. Yeah. I also found it very interesting on Nez, the, the fact that in this case, they're talking about former Navy officers going rogue. And she was a Navy officer. I don't think that she went rogue, but he, she definitely went to a, had a rough time with drugs. And and Howard helped her clean out. And you know, in a way, she's doing the same thing as these guys are doing it, but she's doing it for good. Yeah, I think that's the difference. I mean, I I did find it interesting. She never once said, "Let's give them the benefit of the doubt." I mean, I've seen on other shows when you have a former military member. You know, they're very, um, I think it was NCIS LA that I'm thinking of. One of them's former Navy, I believe it is. And, like, someone popped up that was, you know, Navy but had gone bad. And they're like, no, 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 we have to trust our Navy brothers. And it's like, that that wasn't even an issue for her. She's just like, and here they are. They're Let's go save our team. team. Yeah, and, and her loyalty was 100% with her team, her current team. Mm-hmm. So it was an interesting Which, yeah, it was. I, I thought it was interesting. She didn't have as much to do as last last episode. Um, but I like that they're giving, you know, time for all characters to develop a a, 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 a background and, a, and a, <clears throat> a sense of who they are. And humanize them. They're not. They're not just the sexy Bond kind of type. We we do get an, an idea. Definitely, and they were they they're so good at balancing them. I mean, because I, I feel like a lot of times in the blacklist, like Liz has to either be out with Samar or out with Wrestler. The three of them can't go in on something, and I'm like, why can the three of them not do something? Like I don't understand this. And yet, in this episode, you had, and we've had it before, where Tom, Nez, and Solomon are all there. They're all going in. They're all, you know, on the task. Well, usually in the blacklist, you have a lot more things happening at once. A lot idiot. of, you know, when you get, <clears throat> I think when you get red, you get angles. And <laughs> so the, there is always somebody working one or another angle. Mm -hmm to it where where this is a very focused specialized mission that happened in a in a short period of time so i think that might be the the difference uh, with the way they operate and that may be it that that may be it but i do very much enjoy it i was i was a little worried about that going into the show and it's something that they've done very well with the three of them work very well together and just i mean almost like they've been working together for years mm -hmm. how about dumont Oh, Dumont. Tasty. <laughs> I, 
I'm my, waiting for the tasty of the episode. My my favorite thing about Dumont is how emotionally invested he gets. Uh, when Tom came back and said, "Yes, I'm alive," you know, after the plane leveled out and everything. Yeah, Dumont got big... this. Yeah, he was he was just so excited, and he just he gets very very emotionally invested in his team, and I feel like sometimes he gets frustrated. That yes, where his skill set lies is behind the computer, but I think he gets frustrated that he can't do more. Like there's only so much you can do from behind a computer. You can when you're him, you can do a lot. But mm-hmm. but that you know, they're getting shot at and he's there in the safety of the Halcyon, you know, base and you know, what while he feels the, the time crunch he's there and his team is elsewhere and I think that frustrates him sometimes I think he gets very nervous for them sometimes and he's very patient with with Scotty when he says solutions solutions not problems (laughs) well Scotty's the same way she's I, I really like that about her that she is she has a lot of respect for their lives like they're not just pawns that she's using and so, I mean, mm-hmm. we can go more into that when we get to Scotty, but it's, these people, like, I, I think it would be very easy in their line of work to just kind of, you know, well, it's the job, people die, you know, but they are very emotionally invested in the team that mm-hmm. they've built here. And even though Tom is, like he said, low man on the totem pole, still the new guy, he's right there with it. Like, as soon as he accepted that job, he was part of their team. And he was part of their family, mm-hmm. as as Scotty said when he came mm-hmm. in. Welcome to the family. I think that that's very accurate mm-hmm. for this and, group. Yeah, I I'm, I, I love uh, the way they they have made Dumont different from Aram because that would have been uh, you know temptation to make uh, Aram point two <laughs> and they made a, a whole different character with very different quirks and the tasty every episode. I'm like, come on, come on, say it, say it. <laughs> And I love how Adrian just owns that on Twitter, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, everything he posts now is hashtag tasty. Tasty. <laughs> it's great. So, Cat uh-uh. and Trevor. Um, oh, I kind of have them together because there's they're both very small characters. And yet, I... Oh! I, I, well, ish. Yeah, ish. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I have this theory that's been eating me alive about cat for the last couple days. Well, I, I've got a theory that popped up a day or two ago that I've, I've kind of settled on. And I really like so far. And then today cat kind of, I, I had to stop denying that she might be the culprit. Um, so we have an issue in which you have both Howard and Scotty saying, I found a line item that my significant other never told me about. Whitehall. Both of them said almost verbatim the same thing. Howard to Tom, uh, Scotty to Trevor. Talking about Whitehall. And so I don't disbelieve either of them. I don't either. And I think that that's honest and accurate on their ends. And I think that that neither of them know what Whitehall is at this point. So, if neither of them know what Whitehall is, to me, that means there's a third party setting them up. Mm-hmm. If someone's setting them up, 
then they have to have access to the finances to Fry or Medkelf, which is a good possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, though he seemed awful nervous <laughs> and willing to spill. <laughs> I mean, granted, he had a knife to his throat, but like he didn't strike. But I mean, he could just be really good at faking being nervous and innocent. Mm-hmm. Um, but whoever it is, I think would have to have access to the finances and also be someone that both Scotty and Howard trusted both of them trusted so that they could sit there and play both people against each other and it's also possible now cat could it's not like Halcyon would go to cat if both you know the Hargraves were pushed out and Christopher was you know legally yeah. dead etc cetera, etc cetera. and it could be someone on their legal team doing it too because uh, Scotty said in the pilot episode my legal team is pushing me to mm-hmm. to uh, Mark Christopher is dead um, and so it could be someone on their legal team that's orchestrating all of this and we but, don't know who's, whose relative cat is from exactly. I mean, that may be exactly. and I find it interesting that they chose a British actress for that role you just don't trust Brits do you <laughs> oh I love Brits hey my mother-in-law is Brit but I I find that interesting because we have got some Brit things going on in the yeah. blacklist. So naturally, when I see that the uh, the private um, personal assistant of one of the head of a giant information gathering company is British, you know, bells just rang up. Like, yeah. But with Kat, she has access to the office. She obviously knows quite a bit about both the Hargraves. Mm-hmm. She was one of the few people that knew Howard went off his meds. Um, she, she had that stack of papers and, and files and such when she was talking to Tom, when he was going in to look through the safe. And then later when you see the, the comic book on Scotty's desk, and I looked while Tom was in there, uh, when he was in the, uh, the office, those papers were, that, that stack was not on Scotty's desk. And so, so that was brought by, and so it looks like the same stack that Kat had. And so, I mean, you can't, it's not like you can see the comic book in there, but there's a good, (coughs) like, I mean, it looks like the same stack. It really Mm. does. So I'm wondering if Kat is related to somebody on the board, on the legal team, whatever the case, if she's, you know, seeing someone, has some sort of deal with someone, and she's the inside man, as it were. Mm -hmm. She could be very well undercover. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and because yeah. the question keeps coming up, why is this woman who you assume is intelligent? Because I can't see Scotty Hargrave <coughs> having a PA that just is flighty. You know, I, I just can't see it. I can't see her having the patience for that. And so you've got this young woman who is striking up an affair with a male escort that's seeing her boss. Like that just. Yeah. That's been an ongoing question amongst the fandom, and this this might help shed some light onto it if, you know, that she's just working another source with that. I think Trevor is working for someone, and I think she's working for someone. And they're both trying to get information of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, because Trevor asking about what was Whitehall was like, oh, pal, I mean, you just were a little too... <laughs> and, I mean, the actor that plays him has been... 
doing a lot of interviews and such before the show aired, and so I thought he was, you know, when, when I saw it, I was like, oh, he's going to be a huge character. And then when he came out who he was, I was like, oh, okay, that's weird. You know, maybe he's just not done much. I never believed this core part. Uh, and I was like, maybe, <coughs> maybe the actor's just trying to, you know, help his career with it. But I, I think that maybe there's just a whole lot more to him than we know yet. And so... <laughs> I think is the case because um, there was, you know, there is a little something. Why is he trying? I mean, he's a handsome guy. Uh, can he get somebody that is uh, not related to the boss, the, the, the woman he's uh, working for? Yeah. I mean, why would he put his, his job at risk? Scotty mm -hmm. has obviously been a very lucrative client for him. And, and, talking about about cat that's an attractive woman they could get a, a date with anybody she wants yeah. yet she's going for him like while trying to make believe that she's not i don't know it's a little i mean ever since i saw her that and she was wearing plaid i'm like ah, <laughs> uh, i don't know about this something is not as it seems here Whenever they're in plaid. <laughs> yeah, that's what I love, that Christmas uh, little gift. He had the plaid. He had everything. It was awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, oh, the birthday? <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the, the way, for our listeners, happy birthday to Tessa. Yesterday was her, or Friday was her birthday. I guess this will probably go up on Sunday um, yeah. since we're recording Saturday afternoon this time. But, uh, yes, happy birthday to Tessa. Thank you. <laughs> so it was it was awesome gift set with all my my theories and the water and the plaid and Emma and Carla. It was awesome. <laughs> but you know, I never thought for 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 a second whenever so either one of those characters is like there is something off with these people. I haven't seen plaid in Trevor, but his attitude says everything. Well, I mean. <laughs> You can't put plaid when you're wearing nothing. I mean, <laughs> I thought, oh boy, the the, the 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 costume department must have a tough time with him. Okay, for the blanket that you're covering yourself with today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Trevor. I, I almost didn't recognize him when he was fully clothed in this episode. <laughs> yeah. And they and they when they meet at the bar and it's like the phone and the non-disclosure agreement and. Um. No, I mean that was one of the things with Cat when when Scotty says she wants a non-disclosure agreement. Well, what do you tell him? And she she does that a lot. And at first, I thought that she just really liked Scotty and that she just wanted to help and that she just really respected Scotty. The more the further along it goes, the more I think that she's just fishing for information. You know, she wants to know about Christopher. She wants to know why Trevor needs. Why Christopher? Yeah. Did you? And that's another thing I have with this theory is that if if this is the case, I think whoever started all of this is also responsible for Christopher's disappearance. That that was the catalyst that they were using to start driving the Hargraves. That they were playing a long game and that that was what they used to start driving the Hargraves apart to eventually oust them from their own company. Mm. Yeah, I have a feeling that we're going to see that the arcs we're going to see played are season one is going to be this thing, Scotty versus Howard. And I think the cliffhanger we're going to end up with is a little leading to who took Christopher and who took Christopher is going to be season two. Or it might expand more than one season. 
And then yeah. we probably, if we get a third season, it will be whose god it really is. Yeah, I I don't know if they're planning on a season two or if they're just gonna work. I I have a feeling that they have it set up so they can either do a season two, or it can also easily work back into the blacklist. Mm-hmm. I I I would wager that's how they have it set up. Mm-hmm. So I mean I don't have an inside source or anything. I'm just guessing, but just from everything I've seen on it. So speaking of plaid, a little bit ago, have you noticed that Howard's been wearing a lot less plaid lately? In this episode, he wore a lot of plaid on the second episode. On yeah, the third I'm episode. saying like like this episode, he didn't wear any yes, plaid. He was in any a striped plaid. shirt. Yes. And he was in he was in outside, so he wasn't wearing his cap. Yeah. Or so, no plaid. Anything. Well, he wasn't he wasn't wearing his cap mm-hmm. when he was outside because Solomon was leading him away. He did not have mm-hmm. his cap on. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, um, so one of the questions I had about Howard was when he's going through the uh, comic book cipher, which apparently really freaked Tom out. <laughs> I love, mm-hmm. I mean, because Tom thinks outside the box, but that just was apparently too much for him. That was that was the line that should never be crossed. It offended the his spy book. senses. <laughs> it offended his spy senses right there. Mm-hmm. But Howard made a comment about that it worked last time and that this wasn't, you know, that... The you know he obviously got the the code word wrong because it had worked before and I'm going okay so where did he get the prior code word is this something that he and Scotty had done multiple times before is this something that they regularly used and so that's how he knew to go for it how did he get this information I, or had been getting this thing himself before he went on the run before and then he was he knew it and i think what happened is they changed the comic that may be and he didn't know that uh no because tom went and got the exact same comic didn't no it wasn't oh was it a different one okay it was a different one that one was ultra 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 flight and the other one was um some other comic it was even even a different comic book entirely oh okay I, i didn't notice that so it it was interesting that probably how they ch- the fact that they changed the comic made him believe that he that it wasn't working. Mm-hmm. But because Tom says the comic book, he goes and buys the exact comic book that that Scotty had and then he decoded. So and then it's interesting because it, it leads us to believe that Scotty was the one decoding the messages because he sent somebody to Solomon. But it's funny because they. Apparently those things were arriving in her desk, and she already knew where Tom, where Scott, where Howard was. So I wonder if Solomon find Howard by simple detective work, following Tom and following leads. And and I think that's probably true. And I like I said, if that comic book came from someone like Cat to set Scotty up. Then, I mean, because Kat would have access to that. She would have access to the safe. I mean, and by the way, Scotty needs a little better security on that safe if you can just pick it with a pick, mm-hmm. uh, lock pick. I just want to point that out. For a high-level intelligence agency, <laughs> she needs more security on her safe, her personal safe. Well, across. probably she figures out that anybody who's in there has a right to be there because the security in that building must be super tight. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> But yeah, I mean that that was a joke. 
yeah, I mean, he just waltzed in with his lockpicks and was like, doop doop, done. <laughs> you know? um, but it also may be that whoever, you know, if someone is setting the Hargraves up, that it was set up that way. That roll call is not something, because did you notice that none of the other files had anything on them? The only mm-hmm. one that was marked was roll call. And so, to me, it just screams setup. I mean, and we've seen setups all through the blacklist. The biggest one with Liz when she was set up by the Cabal. So, I mean, this is not unprecedented in the in the world that we're working in. And and, and drugs definitely setups. And and drugs could easily account for Howard's. I mean, we have the thing with 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 Cooper. And if we think about it, the time when Cooper start getting the symptoms that were made by to to create the problem that's exactly the same time when howard started going crazy yeah yes so it it is something you know to think about that they have had a a precedent of of creating diseases to manipulate people and you know what if this is something coming out of the cabal which it could be because laurel hitchens said how much the cabal hates halcyon Mm -hmm. yeah what if it's what if it's a long game from the cabal I keep saying the Cabal has been far too quiet lately. I don't trust it when they go quiet because they're not done. And Mm-mm. Laurel Hitchens I mean, I don't think that there is. I think that the, that we keep thinking the Cabal is this little thing. And then they show us, oh, wait a minute. No, it's a little bigger. Oh, this is it. No, it's a little bigger. Oh, it's a little bigger. And we keep forgetting that map, that red hat. Yes. And so, I mean, it could very easily be someone from the Cabal, because like you just said, they've used this tactic before. And we also saw it in the water um, in the uh, Independence USA episode, mm-hmm. where they were drugging all the people in the, in the town mm-hmm. through the water with low mm-hmm. doses. And so, I mean, we've seen this all through the Blacklist and now through Redemption as well. It's, it's a possibility. It's not out of, the, out of the realm there. And that would be fairly easy. I mean... Cooper's symptoms needed a doctor that, you know, like Andropov, that created this very specific set of combination of drugs to create that symptom. But making somebody appear maniac depressive, it's child's game. I mean, so many things make you depressive and so many things make you a maniac. If Howard was on medication, he had to have been seeing someone. I know Scotty said that he didn't see anybody to talk to, but he must have seen someone if he was on some sort of Mm -hmm. antidepressant medication. Mm hmm. And, I mean, because I I can't remember if it's psychologist or psychiatrist that, that prescribes medication. Psychiatrist. So, right, I mean, yeah. so he had to have seen a psychiatrist. And so maybe she felt like he needed a psychologist versus a psychiatrist. But mm-hmm. regardless of the situation, he had to have been seeing someone. If he went because his wife asked him to and got medication, the psychiatrist could have been paid off to give him incorrect medication. You know, mm-hmm. and start sending him spiraling down this way. The way controlling him, the way he mm-hmm. won. And then we don't know if Cat was the one sowing seeds, like, oh, I don't know, I saw Scotty do that. Oh, Scotty asked me to put something in there. I mean, it's yeah. so easy when you're getting people who are already distraught by the loss of a child. And distrusting to... because they work in the intelligence community. I mean, mm-hmm. these people are on high alert all the time because of the community they work in. And so, yeah, it. Like I said, if it's someone that they trust, it could very easily be set up. Especially mm-hmm. if it's if it's someone like Cat working with someone else that they trust. And so they're getting it from both sides. Well, you know, both Cat and so and so said this, so 
and they have no communication between them, so it must be accurate, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, I still... what do you think about Howard asking for Agnes this this time? Ooh, okay, so I have two. It depends on Howard. It depends on if he's a good guy or a bad guy. It really does. If he's a good guy, I think that he and we've seen Tom get super focused before, where he just lines on something and until he comes up for air he doesn't realize that anything else is happening and I mean that that's very much in his personality type and I think it's a very good possibility that's what Howard's doing right now is that he's just so focused on getting this dealt with that as soon as this is done then I can bond with my son then I can ask you know then I can ask him about his life up until now but we have to handle the threat first and in that moment when they had a, you know, a beat of rest as he's trying to decipher this stuff, he asks about his granddaughter. I mean, but Tom was certainly taken back by it because mm-hmm. it's the first time in, what, a month that he's probably been working with him? Maybe closer mm-hmm. to two? You know, that that he's asked about about his little girl, you know? And so, but I, I did love Tom's response. <laughs> Agnes is everything. It was great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so, but it it could be that, or if Howard's a bad guy, it was an emotional manipulation to try to make Mm -hmm. him feel like he was bonding. I feel the timing was bizarre, because it was just when the things were starting to not work and all that. It's like, oh, why are you saying this now? But again, you know, now I'm starting to think, for the same reason you did, you know, she's saying that she found Whitehall. Howard is saying he found Whitehall. So that tells me that somebody's actually using um, Halcyon for their own means. Yeah. And, and and Scotty seems protective of the company, of the people, of the country. Yeah, Scotty really does. And that's one of the things I like, that even though right now she's kind of distrusting Tom, like, she walked up and hugged him, you know, when he mm-hmm. came back. I mean, that was... This isn't Solomon, who is, you know, she never questions his loyalty once. This is Tom Keene, that she's not entirely sure why he's there. And she was worried about him. She was incredibly worried about him. That she had even Solomon following him. Yeah, exactly. she wasn't trusting him. But, I mean, she walks up and wraps her arms around him, like, I mean, like, she was terrified for him, which I think she was. And then we see it again at the end of the episode when he backtracks... On, on trying to tell her that uh, that he's Christopher. And when he says it's about Liz, she just immediately goes, oh my gosh, take time for your family. It's just, it's not mm-hmm. even a question. You know, even amongst all the, the issues that she's having, her operative is having, you know, she thinks, is having family issues. So take care of it. Absolutely. You know, and I, I love that about her, that, no matter how many questions she has about him, and t- he's he's more or less innocent until proven guilty to her. More or less. I mean, she's yes, she's having Solomon follow him. It's not like she's just brushing something past, but she's not going to treat him like an enemy until she has proof that he is. Mm. She's still going to treat him like like part of her team and part of her family until mm. there's actionable evidence that he is working against them and and i think that there must be something that she may be feeling towards him like you know very motherly or attached to him that she cannot explain 
Yeah. Oh, uh, she made the comment in the pilot episode that she feels like she can talk to him. Mm-hmm. No, I ter- thoroughly agree with that. And so, I I really like that about her, though. And <clears throat> I loved her reaction to, um, to finding out Howard was alive. So, I have a feeling that she's been questioning that. I mean, because otherwise, it, yeah. it didn't sound like a... My husband's alive. What? It sounded like confirmation on something they'd been searching for. And I I do think that the moment that, that Tom said he had a source that he couldn't identify, mm-hmm. for some reason that information could have only come from Howard. Because that's that's when she started having Solomon follow Tom. Mm-hmm. It just seems to follow in the, the next episode. You know, they find Howard, and she's not, yes, she's affected by it, but it's not like this, I had no, I didn't see this coming sort of thing. Like, there had been some sort of possibility looming there. And it's funny, because she says immediately she goes into marriage is hard. Not marriage was hard, or, no, I mean, he's alive, I'm still married to him, and probably I'm going to torture the heluvas out of him. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I would like to point out in Scotty's defense that the the group that puts together their promos is really good on their cuts so that they make you think something when it's entirely mm-hmm. different. You never see Scotty at the bedside when Howard's being tortured. We do no, not know do Scotty not. is doing the torturing. Do not blame no. this woman until she's actually done it. <laughs> but she certainly looked murderous. Oh, and I don't blame her. I mean... I, I'm getting flashbacks to Liz with Tom with the the uh, <laughs> the uh, duct tape, and I'm wondering if Scotty's gonna break a thumb or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. I wouldn't blame her. I could see where she'd be pissed. Well, <laughs> you, you also what? get this this images. If ever Red found that, that when if if Red knows that Katarina's alive, if Katarina is alive, that he probably was fairly pissed too. I mean. You have a reason to be furious if your spouse fakes their own death to try to do research on you because they think that you're trying to, you know, sabotage yeah. And wait until company. she finds out that is uh, that Tom is Christopher. Well, and that's that's the thing is that when she finds that out, that's gonna hurt on so many levels. Like I could see her being like, "Okay, I get it, Tom. From your point of view, yeah, you had a lot of questions." But for Howard, I could see where she'd be really hurt by that because this child that she's been looking for for nearly 30 years, he took him and tried to turn him against her. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is a betrayal on a lot. And granted, Howard thinks that she's evil, but mm-hmm. <laughs> still, that's Well, I think hurt. that it all depends on if they find out that they've both been manipulated, it would be fairly easy to understand. Because understand, the, but I, doesn't you know, mean it won't hurt. No, because I've seen some pictures of the of the last wrap up of the of the season, the the last uh, filming day, and it seems that uh, Howard has a suit and tie. Yeah, I'm I'm really hoping it's all Har- cleaned up. Yeah, I'm really hoping the Hargraves come back together at the end of this and that they're okay. I just mm. I want Tom's mommy and daddy to be okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is, uh, there's suddenly, I mean, I can see the Hargrave Reddington family reunion, and boy. Telling you, Christmas that's gonna be Thanksgiving. Some... <laughs> yeah. Thanksgiving will be certainly interesting. Check the guns at the table, check the knives at the table. We're going to eat with, with plastic forks or no forks. 
we're gonna eat with our hands because everybody here can kill everybody else with our hands. I'm just mm. thinking of Dimbe with the was it the spoon that he broke and was yeah. like sharpening? Yeah, that would be the. <laughs> See Scotty and and Red glaring at each other across the table. Mm. Liz is like, I'm gonna shoot the first person that. <laughs> If you're gonna if you're gonna grace me with a bullet, can you please do the other arm? This one is getting a little sore. Howard, you shot my wife. <laughs> she was making things about my about my daughter. Yeah, right. She nearly killed my daughter. Liz, wait, what? <laughs> and that is yeah. how Liz finds out. Everybody, <laughs> a pissy family reunion over Thanksgiving <laughs> with too much to drink. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, I think we're at Tom now, and so I loved the two attempts to try to tell Scotty, because it was like highlighting all of his nervous tics in two Mm -hmm. scenes. You had the hard blink, you had his fidgetiness, you had, you know, you had everything when he's trying to tell her. It was fantastic, and I loved it. For for someone that loves to try to read his body language, it was like Mm -hmm. a candy store. Yeah, and he was saying, like, oh, I, maybe I can make it better. She's like, I doubt it. <laughs> like, My oh, husband wow. faked his death. I know that in your family that might be fine. Your wife and you tried to fake the death, but um, no. <laughs> I really want Scotty's reaction now because she obviously knows Liz is alive because she, she and Tom mm-hmm. are talking about Liz. I really want to know what that conversation was like. Yeah, that, so, that, by that the way, funny. By the way, I knew I was going to kill you for killing Liz, but. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't really dead. And now my dad is also. Re- I mean, have you noticed that around you and Brett, people fake deaths? <laughs> right? Maybe you need to go to a psychiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny, interesting, because if you remember Red's comment when he's talking first to Scotty, he says, people like us. Needs yeah. limits. So there is something in which he puts himself in the same category as Scotty. And if you think about it, a deeply manipulative person whose answers you couldn't trust. Yeah. Yeah. There's, that's red. Yeah. <laughs> that's... Mm. I, but I, I loved him trying to tell her. And then mm-hmm. that, that scene at the end where he's like, nope. And then he goes in to go get the, uh, the comic book he's just yeah he, he's been so off his game lately because of all of the emotional situations like he's on his game when he's in the in the field but when he's back at headquarters and dealing with scotty he's very hesitant on things he's trying to read all the layers all at once and sort them out and you can just tell that he has so many questions he doesn't have answers to and it makes him very and, nervous and then and, and, he goes to go get that comic and he's just all business until he finds out his dad's about to get kidnapped. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That, I, I think also there is, there is a, a lovely um, parallel there to, you know, how Liz was starting to, you know, she was like all business and then Red comes in her life. And there is, there's this little something that starts to happen. And I re- always remember Dr. Creel's words, you know, the more time you spend with your parents, the more you know about yourself. And now Tom has been spending time with both her, his parents, and he's. I think that he's starting to see these things that that are 
you know, from both. And they're starting to get very uh, complicated for him. Yeah. I just, I can't wait. I know that Liz is supposed to come up in an episode coming up. I mean, it, it honestly could be anywhere from next week to the finale because poor Megan's been running like crazy and Ryan's been running like crazy. They could have filmed it early and then mm-hmm. dropped it in. But um, I, I can't wait to see that conversation. <laughs> I wonder if this is coming because Scotty does call Liz and says, listen, I think Tom in, and you need a little time. <laughs> so I'll pay said, for uh, for uh, for a uh, uh, a nanny and you come over. <laughs> I mean, we have no idea, but that would be a very good segue because because Tom was forced to to improvise and and he improvised upon the easiest thing to come up over, you know, our marriage, um, and and that was so easy. Uh, so I, I you remember when we always thought that wrestler. I had when Audrey appears that it wasn't the bro that called her that was red that called her. I uh, no, I had not heard that theory, but it makes sense. So I do wonder uh, if that is um, something that that happens like that because we have this coincidence of him latching on the first thing that came in his mind, which is not true. I mean, they're not having problems. Liz was very supportive of him. Yeah, but but. It's interesting that we're gonna see Liz come on the on the on on redemption uh, in in the next uh, few episodes that we have left. Yeah, I, but I was joking with with someone over on Tumblr about it because we've got Howard at the end of of the fifth episode. Howard's being taken, and then mm-hmm. we've got next week's episode, which is trying to break him out of jail and or out of you know being held. And then the the uh, photos that have come up from episode seven, it looks like, at least with the body language be- between Tom and, and Scotty, it looks like at the beginning of the episode, Scotty knows who he is. Um, because she's, she's... Oh, when he's, like, hogging him and, yeah, and like, yeah, looking she, at him, like... Yeah, she's got a hold of his hands. She's just not letting this guy go. And not in a bad way. It's like a, mm-hmm. you know, I just found my son sort of way. And then the, the other... Uh, photos he's just beat to hell i mean just bleeding and his whole face is just messed up and so somewhere in there and we've got to have some sort of downtime for liz to come in otherwise it's like his dad gets kidnapped and is being tortured and what i'm gonna take two hours you know i've missed my wife she showed up in my hotel room (laughs) i mean Hanky panky time. It's like, Daddy, sorry. I'll be right there, okay? It's like, priorities, listen, priorities here. I know you guys have been missing each other, but... <laughs> Tom, <laughs> we gotta talk about the fact that Dad's gotta come first when he's being held and tortured. <laughs> you would want Agnes to save you. <laughs> If she were, it's a, know, it's an a, it's an interesting. It's gonna be very interesting episodes because we basically have two before Whitehall, one before Whitehall, and and it's it will be really interesting what's gonna happen, and especially because Tom is now he's really gotta be very confused. Oh gosh, and it's it's he's very much the audience for it. I mean, we I, I keep saying that usually I have a general sense of who I trust in the show. 
oh my, it, I mean, after the, the Thursday episode, I was like, I don't even know who I trust anymore. <laughs> I mean, I've been ping-ponging like, oh, I trust oh, Howard. Too. Oh, wait a minute, Noah, now I trust Scotty. Now I'm saying, I think both are being played by someone. Yeah, same. And, and I've talked to other people on Tumblr, and that, that's that's a theory that's definitely going around. And, but that means the writers are doing it correctly. They are doing yeah. very well with this this genre. And so, um, something that I that I saw that I really, really liked, I mean, considering I liked the whole episode, I feel like I'm saying that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw a bit on, on Tom's growth. Uh, when, when he's talking to Howard, when he gets, when, when he sees the comic book and he starts getting so frustrated and he feels like he's been, I don't think he feels played particularly, I think he just feels like Howard's a nut job and that he's, he's put too much trust in him. Mm-hmm. You know, not that Howard's trying to mislead him or anything, but he's just nuts. And Tom's been going along with it, and he's just kicking himself for it. And Tom's a runner. He made that comment in season two. He said he'd been running since he was 14. And that's that's all he knows. He, and we saw that up until about halfway through season two. He did it with Liz. The, as soon as an emotional... Uh, severe and real emotional situation came up he was not dealing with it you know she has him tied to the chair in their dining room telling him she makes her angry yeah uh, because that's something he can deal with exactly telling him you know say something to your wife who's dying in front of you and he pisses her off because just like you said anger is an easier emotion for him to deal with than hurt for everyone well yeah and Anger so, is easy. You get you get pissed back, and that's it. Yeah, exactly. And then it becomes and a so, pissing match, and that's it. And so he is. That that's what he did when it came down to real, deep, scary emotions for him early on, and instead of telling her the truth, even when the truth came out, he didn't. I mean, he owned up to it because he had to, but it's not like he owned up to the full truth there. I mean. Sitting there in the dining room, he could have told her everything. He chose to make her angry because that was easier. And I'm so proud of him because four seasons later, we're looking at him, and he's looking at this woman that he thought his entire life had abandoned him. And he may walk up to her and say, I am your son. She may still reject him because he's been lying to her this whole time. I think that that's the reason he was so terrified with Liz in season one is that he – he felt like he was going to get rejected by her, but she mm. probably would have, um, you know, and not accept him for who he was. Scott but I very... think that one thing, one thing that it may hold him back in this respect is when he starts thinking of the way he loves Agnes. And when when he thinks about it, he he's going to realize that no matter what Agnes ever does, he's always going to love her. And And maybe, but... It's still the point that there's been a lot of emotional growth with Tom Keen, and that he's facing that fear at this point, and he's willing mm-hmm. he he's willing to not run. When he's been lying to her this for for the spinoff season, it's not because he's afraid to tell her; it's because he's trying to find out who he trusts. And so I, I like that they've highlighted that emotional growth there with the mm-hmm. way he reacted, and it's it's. Just and he a, was so nervous trying to tell her. Just baby, <laughs> I just wanted like, to hug maybe him. I can make it better because I'm your son. I know. Um, <laughs> I want to make you happy. <laughs> oh, Tom, it's gonna be. T- I mean, 
I mean, forget, I mean, what Liz have gone through, it's, it's enormous. But I find that what Tom has gone through is even worse because he thought that he was unloved and abandoned. Then he finds out he wasn't. Now he's forced to go in a situation with his spine on on his mother who might or might not be evil yet he's seen her cry and and think about it and keep the handprint in in the safe because it's valuable thing and and carry the the beads all the time with her and and then there's a father who appears crazy but maybe not and it just it gotta be very hard oh yeah I mean, because one wrong step could get somebody killed. Yeah, this is not like, oh, we're just going to go into a blow up and no. Yeah, it's if Scotty is really evil, it can get somebody killed. You know, if she's not, you know, he could end up if Howard's crazy and does something stupid, it could get Scotty hurt. You know, I mean, like, it's just there is no good answer for him without all the facts. And he definitely does not have all the facts. And he's been having trouble getting them. Mm hmm. Well, he's, he's emotionally involved and his radar is off. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, he made the comment in this episode. He said, I haven't, you know, some, someone told me I couldn't trust you and I haven't been myself. And so, yes, I think you're exactly right. His radar is off on that. Yeah, it's, it's been a very, very interesting um, uh, episode for me because we had, you know, we are having all this parallel things running but it's interesting that when it comes to the mission everybody's willing to put each other first Mm -hmm. to complete the mission and to come back alive and even though you know Solomon may be spying on Tom for Scotty he's still uh, going at the mission the, the way the mission should go yeah exactly exactly so one cannot help to draw parallels between Solomon and wrestler well, I'm sure some people could, but <laughs> yeah, I'm sure but that I def- get a lot there. of heat over that. But you know, you 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 gotta think in terms of of uh, the the love of the job is certainly there. Oh yeah, definitely, and just the the commitment. I mean, but we've talked about Tom and wrestler having that that the rule book mm-hmm. is different. It's just, but the commitment level's the same. Hmm. Well, this is this is it's very interesting because the more you see of Scotty, the more you realize that yes, she does share a lot of things with Red. But I think that that Red shares also things with Howard. Oh, I agree. I mean, that would be why they were such good friends. I mean, I I still do not believe Red when well, I I don't believe the surface of what Red said when he said that they had a brief. Uh, professional friend or brief professional relationship. It you might have been have a, brief, a brief, yeah. But yeah. I think there was the a beginning. friendship after. You know? Yeah, I mean, he wasn't lying. He just omit things, and that's very red. That's what he mm-hmm. does. Yeah. So, do you have anything else to add? Um, no, not really. Uh, oh, the, one the little girl. Thing... The little girl. We have to touch on the little girl. The little girl. Yes. She was too cute. <laughs> yes, she was absolutely adorable, and and I love the fact that that Tom goes out of the way to console the girl. Um, it it shows a lot of the growth in him and and the change by having a child. Yeah. Oh, definitely. There's a lot. He's 
he's been humanized a lot by the fact that he's he's learning how to be a father. And I also love the fact that we have an age now for Agnes. Eleven months. And so they've they've submitted that. Mm-hmm. So well, they, they, the, the timeline got messed up by items beyond their control. Yeah. And it's good to, ne- to now know that it's been 11 months since uh, 317. Yeah. Uh, the, I found another thing that I wanted to comment on is um, there, there is still one thing that we keep forgetting in all these things is there was a room in Scotty's house where... Um, there was a medical machine and somebody was in there guarding it and that got a play somewhere in there. I agree. And it hasn't even been mentioned. It sounded like a respirator. A lot of people thought it was Howard in there. Well, I don't think so. I mean, Howard's been bouncing around all over the place. So <laughs> That's, yeah, that's very, a very interesting thought. Because that that that's 11 months ago and 11 months ago, Howard wasn't even out of the board. Yeah. So we don't know what's going on in there, but I think it's going to come to play something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that um, it's going to be very, very intense for the next three weeks. Oh, gosh. I am. I can't, I'm betting. I can't wait. <laughs> I, I as know. soon as we finish the episode on Thursday, I went. I don't think I can physically wait until <laughs> emotionally, physically. I just there is no waiting. I don't know how I'm going to do this. <laughs> You know, in a way, it's easier to do in the blacklist because they have 22 episodes, so everything gets like kind of stretched out and is slow. And they are giving you things, but you don't notice that they're giving. You have to go back and look for the stuff, you know, over and over. I'm still going and occasionally walk, watching one of the season one things, and I'm finding things that completely flew by me. And for example, you know that I, I am big with the symbols and the signs and the whole thing. And I notice, for example, do you notice the name of the, you know, I have my chess thing, that there's a lot of chess references in the blacklist. Yeah. Do you remember the name of the guy from the CIA? Bishop. Oh, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and, and and another thing um, that that you, you're getting all this, this, it's they translate from one to the other, so I am really not believing that they are completely separate universes. No, Sorry, not they never were. I mean, I, I love that they were saying that. I think they were saying that to make sure that it was open to new new members. But anybody coming into this is pretty much going to have to go back. I mean, they they can watch this without watching Blacklist, mm-hmm. but if they liked it, they're gonna go back and start at season one. It's meant to draw people into the main show. It is. Mm. I mean, it's got a different beat than the main show. I mean, obviously, it has a different lead, but it's there's too much in here. The mythology is yeah. is certainly, uh, and, and I could see you know that eventually being like dragged in with with Tom. I mean, we're getting we're getting the same. Um, th- they're manipulating symbols and 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 themes the same way. Oh yeah. I mean, it's going to get wrapped up back into the main show. Regardless of if they get a season two or not, it'll end up back in the main show. Tell me something. You think that Scotty is who is Scotty? Is Scotty Hargrave always been Scotty Hargrave? Or you think that she had another identity and she took the identity and kept it just like Tom did? I don't know. Um, I, I think there's a possibility that she was undercover, you know, and that maybe whoever 
you know, is orchestrating all of this, used pieces of that to, to sabotage she and Howard, maybe. Um, I, I don't think, I now don't think that she was involved with Christopher's disappearance. Um, that's something that shifted for me. I, I'm pretty sold. Like, in the last couple days, I've gotten really, really sold on this theory of mine that there's a third party setting them up. And so, if that's the case, then I think that that, that person or persons are the, you know, are the ones responsible for Christopher's disappearance. And that it hey, was, me... it was used as the catalyst to start all of this. Let me ask you something. Would you say that, should it appear that she is she was indeed an undercover agent that decided just to stay on the job or is just working a very long undercover where undercover from where what her allegiances are i have no idea i have no idea who she would be working with she seems very protective of the united states so i getting a feeling that she's just that maybe when howard started to rise into military intelligence somebody decided to put an eye in there, making sure that they weren't going the wrong way. And that's a possibility, but she's she's certainly taken Howard's side on that because she was very mm -hmm. assertive in the fact that it is a private company. It was made that way, it functions that way. Basically, U.S. government, you do not have a say over us. Mm. Which, I, I like that. I mean, it kind of... Could know, you see Russian there or no? Well... I have a hard if, time. If she started out as a Russian spy, she's definitely come over to <laughs> come over to our side there. Mm. Um, like like you said, she seems to really. I I feel. I don't think that I've completely written off the fact that she might be an undercover agent, but I feel less that way than I did when we started. Okay. Yeah, I think that that uh, is going to be a, a very wild ride. I'm looking forward to see uh, to see how all this plays out. Um, I also find interesting that nobody has mentioned the Iran Contra. They mentioned the bank. Remember that the first time when Kat says she found uh, two things: a bank account set up by Briar and a line item called. Iran Contra, of which he, she couldn't find anything. And then both Susan and Howard talk about Whitehall. So nobody has found about that item called Iran Contra. So the only two mentions that I could find to that is Howard, uh, Leonard Cole, whose real name is Joseph McCray, was uh, his operation in Managua was finished because of the Iran Contra affair. That's the only reference I have found in the Blacklist universe to that. The other thing is that Iran-Contra was at arming the enemy with that they weren't supposed to be arming with weapons, the you know American weapons. So that could fit into whoever is doing this conspiracy is definitely on the other side. And Whitehall isn't that the name of the the group in? in yes. 4B that was yes. the, the weapons manufacturers? Yeah, the weapon manufacturers are uh, were trying to get the disease. They're, they're the weaponized um, biological company. Yeah, On one uh, side, Natalie. They, 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 yeah. they were trying to weaponize Natalie. Natalie, yes. Whitehall could refer to that and it could bring, you know, right back to the blacklist. Um, or it could be a reference to, you know, the uh, British government is, as we refer to the White House, it refers to Whitehall. So I don't know. 
which one of those two things is, but the, both those items remain to be seen. What is that Iran-Contra? Because it would be very telling if Lonard Cole was the ex-CIA agent that Howard hired to tell him what was Whitehall and then call him in the middle of the night and disappeared and never showed up. Yeah, and he'd also have a connection to Red as well. Mm-hmm. And it would also circle them all back around to the cabal. Yes, exactly. Because the cabal was trying to kill him. I, I do think the cabal is going to come back and that Red's going to find out that as distracted as he's been recently, the cabal's been doing something behind his back that he's not aware of and that's that's coming after him. And I think that he's going to end up needing Howard and Halcyon's help to fight back on it. Yeah, it's what I've always said when, when we started talking, remember, about the... the, the what was going to be the spin-off and i said red has an agenda and some of the agendas need private military contractors yeah. because the the fbi cannot legally do it i mean there there's a point to where cooper will bend but he won't go past that and and, and i don't think that red expects them to and he's starting to stiffen a lot on what he's willing to do because he's mm. he's getting frustrated with red so yes i agree mm. and i think howard would be much more willing to go certain lengths mhm and especially if he's friends with red and his son is married to red's daughter i mean there's mm. just they're, they're family yeah. whether because Scotty even... and red want it or not <laughs> <laughs> to to me to me is interesting that that whatever you may think about the connection of Red and Liz in a biological sense is obvious to me that he considers her a daughter even if he does not consider himself as a father. But you know, so that is that. And then the other item that I thought interesting to bring is that as I was I've always been very uneasy about that kicking and the attack that Liz had when she was pregnant. And I found it interesting because you don't tend to see these things. And I rewatch it by a fluke. You know, they, sometimes I choose an episode and I put it on the background kind of while I'm doing something else. And suddenly three was. Tom proposes in the open air. Liz is pregnant enough that Red can see that there is a change in her. And sure, Red is very observant and had been with her for this three weeks or the five months or whatever they were on the run. Uh, three months. Three months. So that would make um, that would make definitely somebody else aware of that. Probably it's not out of the realm of possibilities. But the fact that Tom proposes in the open air where everybody can see them, and that day Liz gets kicked or the day after Liz gets kicked, tells me that there is a connection between this thing. So either somebody didn't want them married, somebody was aware that Liz was pregnant and didn't want that child to be born because the guy, as I was watching, it was such a horrifying episode to watch. I mean, that attack, that it's not one that I've gone, you know, fond of watching, but I did it again and I was impressed by how the guy keeps looking around him make sure that nobody sees him he's not that's not a casual thing the man is wearing plaid the guy is looking at is a target he goes and he looks at her then makes sure that she's her then takes her to the ground it wasn't that he punched her he the main objective that this guy had was taking her to the ground and kicking her yeah well you know it's it's almost like where they were trying to make her 
abort the baby? Maybe. Maybe they someone was after Agnes. Yeah. So it just, as I go on and I see all these things with Christopher coming into the foreground when he was lost, why it was important that he was lost? And now somebody did kick Liz when, after he had proposed to her. So I wonder if there is something about this two coming together that is making a lot of people upset. I mean, and the thing is, if someone is, is manipulating you know, Howard and Scotty and trying to take over Halcyon. Tom's an heir. Agnes is an heir. Exactly. That's taking out the competition there. I mean, even if, you know, if Tom didn't know, I mean, all it would take was someone saying something, even if Scotty and Howard were out of the way and someone else was in charge, he could come back and say, do a DNA test. I'm Christopher Hargrave. And whoever, you know, spent... The last thirty years on their scheme would be ousted. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I not only that, but that. I got the next generation ready to mm-hmm. go because you know, even if something happens to me, there is my daughter. Yeah, and my wife would take over yeah. as the guardian of my daughter, and now my daughter, my the guardian will be basically tied to Raymond Reddington, and both of them have been shown shown to be against the cabal mm-hmm. because I'll. Liz would do so well in Halcyon. She would do so well. Because she would be able to do... She'd keep it legal, but she would have so... She she would have so much less red tape to go through. Mm, She would do very, very well in Halcyon. Um, Samar. Yeah, Samar would as well. Exactly. Um, No complaints about salary there. (laughs) She'd get paid more. (laughs) It'd be okay. Um... But no, um, I, I agree. And I, I, the cabal is a very good possibility for all of this, for setting this mm-hmm. up. It, and it could be that they've gotten to someone on, you know, within Halcyon. It could be that they've put someone within Halcyon. This is just a very long game that someone is playing. But I think mm-hmm. someone's playing it and I think it's coming to a head. They're either yeah. going to win or they're going to lose. And I hope they lose because, you know, I'm cheering for the Hargraves. <laughs> including, <laughs> including Tom. <laughs> I think that it would be it would be very interesting. What do you think is going to happen with his name? I I think that he's chosen Tom Keen. I mean, we we've talked about that multiple times. I haven't changed my opinion on that. I I think that he is Tom Keen and Liz is Elizabeth Keen. And I think they're going to accept the Christopher Hargrave and the Masha Rostova, Elizabeth Reddington, what have you, <laughs> whatever Liz's real name is. <laughs> um I, I think that they're going to accept that part of themselves, and they may mm-hmm. even—they may even—I have no idea what how you would legally, like how Tom would, because I mean I know that when when someone's considered legally dead and they're not, that they have to basically go and prove that they're not to a court, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so I have no idea what that would mean, and because essentially he was raised away from these people under a different name, he's taken on a different name since then. And so it, it would be like he was adopted and going by that name, which, I mean, I know he wasn't, but, you know, Tom Keen is his legal name. I don't think that he'd be required to change back to Christopher Hargrave for legal reasons. I mean, maybe on certain paperwork it would have to have both, but it would be, I, I don't think he's going to go back to Hargrave. Not, I have a feeling you will. Yeah, I, I just, I think that there's a reason he keeps staying <clears throat> with Tom, because... 
otherwise, why not just go back to Jacob one and just keep switching? Because something about Tom Keen, he found himself in Tom Keen. Yes, he's finding more out about himself now, but he learned to love someone and found love in Fairy Beauty and the Beast. Sorry. Mm. <laughs> found love in return. Uh, you know, he he learned what it meant to be human as Tom Keen. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's bigger. I, I think for him, he really, that's, that's who he is. And I, I, I don't think he's going to change the name. Um, I mean, we'll see. And maybe he will, but personally, I have not changed my opinion on that. All right, mate. My, my take is he will. My take is he will because I think it's, um, I think when he finds his parents is going to find, you know, once he is able to be their child, he's going to be, that is going to, in a way, fill holes in his life for him. And I think that he will find that to be an experience that he enjoys, rather. So we shall see. Yeah, I, I just, I'm not sure he has to change his name for that. <laughs> you know? Oh, I don't think that he will change it now. I think it will, he will remain Tom Keen for the remainder of the time. But as, as it goes further towards the end, at, at least of the blacklist. And he might be that he be, that he registered that as an Elias and he keeps being Tom Keen on the field because then Tom Keen will never be uh, traced back to Christopher Hargrave. Maybe. I mean, I, I'm sure there's a lot of ways that, that he could do that. But, um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see as it pans out. So, I think what that about... What did you thought about that horrendous scene at the beginning of the of the episode? God, that was awful to watch. I, you know what? I watched it the first time, and I think I watched it on one of my rewatches, but for the most part, I go and I start at the credits. I just, I can't watch it. I just... <gasps> I, oh my god, I and that to kid. Oh, I'm like, have you no soul? <laughs> the kid have and you the no kid, like, soul? thanking him. Oh, oh my god. Yeah, what a, I know. What it's an like, awful scene. It was. It was heart-wrenching. I'm just like, are you kidding? Really? Okay. Um, no, I, I can't. I can't do that. <laughs> I refuse to do that. I won't rewatch that. I will start at the credits, and, and I love the episode. It just, it was too much for me. Yeah, that, that moment when he just, like, the kid just goes and hug. Oh, my God. I mean. And I'm thinking, And the, on, these yeah. are people that have already been through hell. And they're just, yeah. Mm -mm. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Can't do it. Can't watch it. <laughs> Ugh. Um. I mean, and because you, you could see the turmoil on the man's face, but apparently not enough. No, not enough. Oh. What do, do you think that when when uh, Scotty finds out Tom is Christopher, is she going to be less prone to send him missions or things like that? I don't know. I've wondered that. I, I don't have an answer for you on that. I, I think that if she is, that's going to be a point of disagreement between them. <laughs> yeah. So... Well, it's going to go back to, like, uh, Liz and Red. I mean, it's taking her to Wuxing. In you know Middle Earth, and yeah. they're you know almost about to get killed. So I wonder if if for 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 the children of spies is like you know what, all I can do is help you make you be protected and learn to protect yourself. Yeah. I mean she she does know that he's he's good at what he does. I mean Liz has no problem with him being in the field as long as she's in the field for the right people. 
Um, and so, I mean, because she knows how good he is. She is aware, you know, yes, she's nervous when when she's in the middle of it and he loses contact with them. We saw that in season four when he was working with them to try to get Agnes back. That mm-hmm. when he went radio silent, she, you know, a couple different times, she was like, I mean, she was very nervous over it. I mean, and that makes sense. She loves him. You know, she doesn't want anything to happen to him. But she also trusts him that he is good at what he does. And I think that's kind of what it's going to pan out with Scotty is that mm. she'll, you know, and it could be a point of, of uh, tension at first, you know, where she starts trying to wean him off of it and be like, hey, you sure you don't want to learn the ropes of running this thing? He's like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> I would like to go out in the field where I'm good. <laughs> could you imagine Tom Keen? doing paperwork and no (laughs) i I just i mean maybe when he's older you know but you know start learning all of the stuff for it but no start training younger guys to do that not in his 30s though let the poor man out in the field where he's where he belongs (laughs) no there is only one last item that i got on my theories list which is I always found it, and this goes back to the blacklist. I always found interesting that Rostov, Kirk, of all the military contractors that he could have hired to get Agnes or Liz, he went to Halcyon. I think there was history there. Yes. I was going to say that because he says, uh, Scott tells Tom, Tom tells Red it was a matter of it was a business decision. It was a matter of survival. We do what we got to do to survive, and um, it, it it's um, why survival? Because I mean Rostov was was rich, but I mean come on, any of those contracts of the government is billions of dollars, and I mean they got two airfields and training facilities. These people are not. This a survival is not an economic survival for 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 uh, Scotty to have taken that job. So it, when she talks about she talks that job for survival reasons, what did Rostov hat on her that it made a survival thing that she took that job, but she declined to kill Red? I don't know if she is an undercover agent. Maybe he found that out. Hmm. I don't know. But there's something to keep in, in mind as we as we go along. What on earth could Kirk had on her to force her to take that job as a matter of survival? And I think with that, that about wraps us up. Uh, you can listen to us on iTunes, YouTube, and SoundCloud. Uh, feel free to leave a message for us. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and. Uh, and Tumblr, and so we love to hear from you guys. We love to hear your thoughts. For those that, that follow on Twitter, uh, Moonlit Keek, which is an awesome, awesome person, uh, she started a new Twitter feed. It's uh, the handle is Ryan underscore Rising. It's a Twitter feed for uh, for Tom and for Ryan. And so if anybody is interested in that, she's really cool. She does a lot of uh, a lot of edits and such. Uh, photo manipulation and such that's really awesome so i'm sure a lot of that will be up on that that new uh twitter feed that got started maybe about a week ago she asked us to mention it so everybody go follow her because she's awesome and until next week well we shall see where all this goes all right bye-bye bye